Welcome everybody to the Cato Institute. I'm Ian Vasquez. I direct the Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity here at the Cato Institute. And it's a pleasure and an honor for me today to host this uh, event on a topic that is close to the heart of anybody who follows Latin America and indeed of anybody who cares about human freedom. For more than five decades, the Castro military dictatorship has systematically suppressed, censored, and harassed independent thinkers, generally creating an environment of hostility to those who would express uh, views different from those of officialdom. Countless uh, individuals during this long time have suffered the consequences, sometimes violent or fatal, of their peaceful opposition to the lack of uh, freedom of speech, not to mention to the violation of other freedoms. Just yesterday evening and today, reports out of Cuba describe how uh, the ladies in white, a group of women who peacefully gather in public places in Cuba to, to call for changes in policies, uh, <clears throat> were stoned by groups organized by the regime. It is not surprising that sheer intolerance uh, defines Cuban communism the real marvel is uh, that there's always in Cuban society seeming to emerge individuals who put a lot at risk to promote and to defend ideals that they hold dear. Our guest today, Ioanni Sanchez and Orlando Luis Pardo, are two such admirable people representing the rise of the dissident uh, blogger uh, movement. And uh, this is a, a phenomenon that is emerging with the growth of new technology and in the face of an aging uh, regime. Although internet use is still uh, highly restricted in Cuba, the rise of dissident blogging has allowed millions of people around the world to get a better sense of what is happening in Cuba in real time and to get a, a better sense of what is of concern to ordinary Cubans, thus opening up, opening up cracks in the monopoly of information, the official monopoly of information. This phenomenon is also allowing thousands of Cubans to freely debate uh, among themselves topics that are officially forbidden, ranging from politics to arts to more mundane issues related to just getting by in the country. If you want to see democracy and a vibrant civil society in Cuba, go to the Cuban blogosphere. There are, <clears throat> there are rich, serious discussions going on there about every aspect of Cuban society, past, present, and future. This is a hopeful movement run by younger generations who know that the Castros won't be around forever, Indeed, I've, I've seen Ioanni uh, say on numerous occasions, they have the power, but we have the time. Needless to say, uh, the spread of civil dissident debate uh, could have a positive impact on any future transition to a free society in Cuba. That's why I'm extremely pleased to, to host our speakers today. They will explain how the Cuban blogosphere operates, uh, what its role is, uh, what they make of Raul Castro's so-called reforms, and indeed how they interpret uh, the permission they received to finally be able to travel outside of Cuba after being denied such for so many years. Our first speaker will be Ioanni Sanchez. We've had the pleasure of publishing some of her work in the past here uh, at the Cato Institute in English and in Spanish at our website in Spanish, elcato.org. Ioanni uh, has become the face of the dissident blogger movement and indeed of the, of the uh, dissident movement more generally. She runs the blog Generation Y, which appears in English and in Spanish, uh, in which she chronicles in a beautifully written, plain language the many things there are to celebrate about Cuban culture but also the indignities and difficulties of everyday life in Cuba. She tweets regularly and has become an important news source for media around the world. A collection of her blogs has appeared in her book, Cuba Libre, which is also available in English. She has further become a thorn in the side of the regime by winning numerous prestigious international awards, including the Ortega Gasset Prize for Journalism, being named by Time Magazine as among the 100 most influential people in the world, being named by El País newspaper of Spain as being among the 100 most notable Hispano-Americans, having received the Maria Moores Cabot Prize for Journalism from Columbia University, and being named by Foreign Policy 
magazine is among the 10 most influential Ibero-American intellectuals. Ioanni uh, today will speak in, in Spanish, and uh, Ted Hankin, who uh, joins us and who helped organize her trip here in the United States, will translate. He is a professor at Baruch College and the current president of the Association for the Study of the Cuban Economy. After she speaks, I'll introduce our other speaker, Orlando Luis Pardo, who will speak briefly in English. Please help me welcome Ioanni Sanchez. Sí, buenas tardes. Muchísimas gracias. Quiero agradecer al Instituto Cato, a todos los presentes, a los amigos que me han permitido llegar hasta aquí por esta invitación tan hermosa y por la posibilidad de hablar, compartir y responder preguntas hoy de ustedes. Good afternoon. I'd like to thank the Cato Institute and all of you for coming out here today to hear me share my ideas of the things that I see happening in Cuba. Justamente esta mañana, cuando salí de Nueva York a Washington para hacer un amplio programa, justamente esta mañana tomé mi teléfono móvil conectado a internet, maravilla de internet aquí, y me fui a Twitter a ver qué estaban escribiendo los tuiteros cubanos alternativos dentro de la isla. Just this very morning, uh, upon waking up and preparing to get in a plane from New York to Washington to begin this very busy, active day, I turned to Twitter to find out what was going on in Cuba and what the, uh, the, the Twitter users in Cuba were saying about what was happening, the independent Twitter users, what were saying about what was happening on the island. Y así, de una breve mirada, solamente con pasar mis ojos por el timeline de esos eh, tuiteros dentro de la isla, pude tener una visión completa de lo que había ocurrido en los últimos días en Cuba. And simply by reviewing my timeline through all the people that I follow on Twitter, I could get a pretty good idea of what has, what has been going on these last few days in Cuba. Por ejemplo, supe de los teléfonos cortados, las detenciones, los arrestos que ha producido el que se han sucedido con el décimo aniversario de la Primavera Negra del 2003. El gobierno en este décimo aniversario ha, eh, ha redoblado la represión, la vigilancia, el control informativo. So I, I, I was able to find out immediately by checking the, my, my timeline about the wave of repression that has been unleashed, the, the telephone lines that have been temporarily suspended and cut off uh, because the government is very interested in silencing any of the outcry or any of the demands or the protest that will inevitably or have inevitably come from the civil society remembering the 10th anniversary of the Black Spring of, uh, of 2003. Gracias fundamentalmente a la aparición en la realidad cubana de ciertos artilugios tecnológicos de la presencia de las redes sociales que están permitiendo sacar la información del interior de la isla hacia la comunidad internacional. And this ability to inform myself and to learn about what was happening on the island from so far away is possible thanks to the growth of the use of social media in Cuba by this group of people who have decided to stop uh, being silent and express their views and spread their news to the world. Durante décadas y décadas, el aparato represivo cubano contó a su favor con el silencio, con la imposibilidad de los ciudadanos de denunciar, reportar, narrarle al mundo lo que vivían. During decades, the government had the great advantage of being able to be assured of a complete silence from civil society, given that it had complete control over mass media. Cuando apareció el movimiento de los periodistas independientes, las primeras herramientas que estos tenían eran viejas máquinas de escribir, grabadoras de cinta, la posibilidad de dictar sus noticias vía telefónica hacia eh, emisoras en el extranjero que transmitían la información. Back in the 1990s, we have a first stage in this process of independent journalism where people would use objects like old typewriters, where they would call on the telephone, where they would use tape recorders. These were the instruments that they used this first wave of independent journalists during the last the decade of the 90s. In March of 2003, 
exactamente entre los días 17, 18 y 19 de marzo, hoy, hace 10 años, el gobierno cubano desató una ola represiva que terminó con 75 periodistas, activistas, eh, opositores, presos y condenados a largas penas de prisión. In Se March, conoce como Primavera Negra. En marzo de 2003, tenemos el gobierno de respuesta a esta emergente primera wave de independientes journalists, que fue the Black Spring of 2003, when 75 dissidents and independent journalists were arrested arbitrarily and then condemned in rapid, rapid uh, court, uh, court proceedings to long prison terms. En ese momento parecía que había llegado al final la oposición o la disidencia cubana. Parecía que ese golpe tan duro iba a ser imposible de revertirse, que nunca íbamos a poder recuperarnos de eh, 75 de nuestros activistas, de nuestros colegas tras las rejas. ¿no? Just after this happened, it seemed as if the government had succeeded in shutting out and silencing the voice of these 75 dissidents and independent journalists. It seemed like this was, this movement had been uh, uh, silenced. Sin embargo, una década después, el panorama es totalmente diferente a lo que esperábamos. Una verdadera ebullición de crítica, una verdadera ebullición de personas que quieren expresarse, una verdadera ebullición de disidencia dentro de la isla. However, here we are 10 years later and we look around the island and we find an effervescence of new movements, new voices demanding to be heard, speaking their voices independently from the government using these new technologies. Para eso, para amplificar esas voces, para lograr llegar a la comunidad internacional y a nuestros propios compatriotas, el camino ha sido duro, pero hemos tenido como aliadas a las tecnologías. And so, in this struggle over the last 10 years, trying to get our voices heard, trying to start new movements, trying to communicate different people with one another who have these similar ideas, it has been very difficult, but one of our great assets, one of our great tools, has been these new technologies. Hoy, un activista dentro de la isla con un teléfono móvil en su mano puede poner sencillamente en jaque a un monopolio informativo sobre la verdad, un monopolio partidista sobre la información que él ha costado décadas y décadas construir. Today, a simple Cuban citizen with only an old generation cell phone in his or her hand can take that technology and stand up against a very carefully constructed monopolistic state media that has silenced them for decades. No pueden imaginar lo frágil que se vuelve un sistema, lo frágil que se vuelve un sistema que se ha basado fundamentalmente en ocultar, en silenciar, en distorsionar la información. It is unimaginable just how fragile a system becomes that is based on distorting, manipulating information or hiding it from its people. Me gusta usar la metáfora del muro, porque los berlineses, los berlineses tuvieron su muro de concreto, ladrillo y piedra. I like to use the metaphor of a wall, because the, the people in Berlin had their own wall that was made of cement and concrete. Un muro tangible que pudieron empezar a destruir una vez que las dos Alemanias se reunificaron. This wall was a very tangible one that could begin to be torn down once the two Germanys United again. En el caso nuestro, nuestro muro no es corpóreo, no es físico. Es un muro de control, de censura, de vigilancia. In our case, this is not a physical wall, but it is a wall of censorship, of control, of information. Las nuevas tecnologías, estoy pensando, por ejemplo, en las redes sociales, Twitter, los blogs, los teléfonos móviles. Las nuevas tecnologías han ayudado a crearle grietas a ese muro. The new technologies, I'm thinking mainly here of the social media technologies such as Twitter, such as blogs, such as mobile phones, phones they have helped us to start to break through and create little cracks, little holes in the wall of censorship. Todavía no es la situación soñada. Todavía no estamos en el escenario idealizado. We are still not in the place where we have dreamed to be. We, are not yet, have, we have not yet arrived in the ideal place where we're striving to get to. La información en Cuba tiene que saltar numerosos obstáculos para lograr en muchas ocasiones salir al extranjero y regresar otra vez sobre la propia isla con un efecto boomerang. ¿no? One of the great obstacles that our information, the information that we produce and share in the, on the island has to overcome is that it has to go outside the island many times in order to, in, in some sense, 
take the boomerang effect in order to be resent back to the island to inform people about what's happening. Por eso hoy, cuando leía el timeline de los activistas en Cuba, cuando leía todos los tweets que habían salido en los últimos días desde la isla, una de las primeras cosas que hice fue reenviar esa información hacia mis amigos, mis colegas, mis compañeros de causa dentro del país a través de los mensajes de texto. Today, um, the new technologies, uh, today when I look at my timeline, as I mentioned when I started the talk, I, um, I, could, um, I could look back over the past three days of activities, of reports about what's happening in Cuba, and what I could do, what many people used to do for me, I could do for the people back in Cuba. I could resend this information back inside the island where my compatriots are struggling trying to get information out and trying to get information in from outside. Estaba haciendo así en ese momento cuando reenviaba la información hacia dentro del país, estaba cerrando así el ciclo de la noticia, un ciclo en el que todos debemos formar parte, un ciclo de la información que permite a muchos cubanos de la isla conocer las cosas que ocurren a unos pocos metros de ellos y que sin embargo la prensa oficial no informa. And this is one way that people outside of Cuba can use their voice, can use their access to technology to in some sense close the circle, to help that boomerang reflect back to Cuba, to close this cycle so that possibly people who live just a few meters away from their neighbors who are ignorant about what's happening can learn about that through outside people sending information into Cuba. No soy ilusa. Sé que solamente con un teléfono móvil, sé que solamente con una cuenta en Twitter, sé que solamente con un blog no se puede democratizar un país, ¿no? I don't have any illusions, believe me. I know that just with a simple mobile phone, with a Twitter account, with a blog, these aren't the instruments that by themselves will bring democracy to a country. Sin embargo, estoy totalmente segura que los blogs, los teléfonos móviles y Twitter van a jugar un papel importante en la democratización de Cuba. But I am at the same time very sure that these social media, blogs, mobile phones, Twitter accounts have an important role to play in the democratization of Cuba. Para un sistema que ha guardado tantos silencios, la información es como ácido corrosivo sobre sus pilares. A regime that has been built upon silence, information becomes a corrosive element to the very pillars of its foundation. Un sistema que se ha basado en la fuerza, en un lenguaje bélico de la trinchera, de la agresión, de la guerra. Para un sistema así, el argumento, la palabra, la reflexión pacífica es totalmente contraria. ¿no? To a system that has systematically used force, confrontive language, uh, uh, propaganda about trenches and war, to a system such as this, to attack it with arguments, with the power of the spoken word, with serene and pacific uh, reflection, this is, a, is a quite a shock to a system that survives in some ways by confrontation and not by dialogue. Por eso el gobierno cubano, especialmente el gobierno de Raúl Castro, ha reaccionado bastante airadamente a la labor de los periodistas independientes, a la labor de los bloggers, a la labor de los tuiteros alternativos. It is for this reason that we have seen such a vicious response by the, by the Raúl Castro government to this emergent movement of young people and sometimes not so young people using the, the new technologies to confront the state propaganda and the monopoly of information. Desde el aumento de la vigilancia a los arrestos, las detenciones, los fusilamientos mediáticos de la reputación de sus críticos, esas y muchas más son las estrategias que el gobierno ha empleado contra nosotros. The government has employed many strategies against us, and these are the Raul strategies that have been most present in the past few years. Uh, increased uh, spying and vigilance, um, uh, the uh, assassination of reputations of bloggers, and, and, and periodic short-term detentions that don't leave any legal trace. Sin embargo, cada día ese tipo de estrategias funcionan menos para, para callar, paralizar o silenciar a la disidencia cubana. But every time these strategies are less and less effective to silence the dissident movement and the voices of change and openness in Cuba. Porque ahora, cada día, alguien puede estar leyendo lo que escribimos. Alguien, como yo lo hice esta mañana, podría estarse acercando al timeline, a los tweets que envían los eh, activistas desde Cuba. 
because every day another Cuban is getting turned on to the use of these new technologies. They can go to their own timeline and they can learn through tweets, through SMS messages, through blogs, in the various ways they access them, they can learn about what's really happening in the country through an alternative means. Y cuando una persona, miles de personas, millones de personas hacen eso, cuando se acercan a nuestros escritos, dan un retweet, hablan de nuestros textos o nos mencionan en las redes sociales, eso está alejando el golpe, está acortando la detención, está sencillamente evitándonos el calabozo. ¿no? If one person, if a thousand people, if a million people follow these Cuban bloggers, follow the Twitter accounts of these Cuban, these Cubans who are expressing themselves, this will uh, help spread the information and the awareness about what is happening to them. And the result of this, will, it will give those people exposure, and that exposure will act as a protective shield that will keep the, keep the attacks uh, away from them, that will keep them sure and keep them safe. De manera que no soy ilusa, la tecnología sola no va a ayudar a democratizar Cuba, pero nos va a proteger para lograrlo, ¿eh? Therefore, I'm not under any illusions. The technology by itself will not save us, will not democratize Cuba, but it has an important role to play to help us in this struggle to, to, to achieve a freer and more democratic country. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Ioanni. Our next speaker is Orlando Luis Pardo Lasso. Uh, Orlando Luis began at around the year 2000 to work as a freelance writer in Cuba, a photographer and a dissident blogger. He was one of the early uh, ones doing so. In the year 2010, he founded the independent opinion and literary e-magazine called Voces, which is Cuba's first digital magazine. And he is currently the editor of Voces, where he uh, relies on a group of uh, very well-known uh, dissident writers who, who have been described actually by Ted Henkin, who is an expert on, on this, as the group of writers <coughs> that they have are among the best young Cuban voices anywhere. He is also uh, uh, <clears throat> operating the blog called Boring Home Uto Utopics. See. See? And the author of Boring Home, which won a, a literary, uh, Czech Literary Award, uh, novelas de Galeta. Mm -hmm. He too has been uh, harassed and arrested on at least one or several occasions, just as Joanny Sanchez has, and collaborates closely with her as, as they have been for the past five or six years. Please help me welcome Orlando Luis Pardo. Thank you. Good afternoon and thank you very much. I will read my text in order to be more precise and brief in, and, and leave the debate open for questions. And of course, my gratitude to the K22 for inviting us here and allowing our voices to be heard beyond the closed public sphere of my country, which is Cuba. Well, my name is Orlando Luis Pardo. Uh, I live in Havana. I'm a biochemist that has become a freelance writer, photographer, blogger, journalist, uh, but ultimately just another critical voice within the chorus of critical voices of an emerging civic society that has struggled for years and sometimes facing the indifference of democratic world against the totalitarian nature of our state which is an old-fashioned Cold War establishment, which counts with an almost unlimited resources and institutions, some visible, some not so visible from abroad, in order to control, manipulate, and given the case, destroy all the new social projects and independent thoughts, tendencies in Cuba. In every imaginable field, from underground cultural performances to high political uh, opposition. Indeed, the Cuban Revolution has shown in, uh, indeed a cruel efficiency. In comparison with its failure to create a harmonic future for my nation, a nation that after decades of banning all parties except the communists, after absolute centralization and collectivization, with thousands and thousands of families split apart and with millions of Cubans in exile, now my country deserves a pacific and authentic transition 
towards a developed free market economy that wouldn't depend on a single foreign potency as has been the case with the revolution. First the Soviet Union, for instance, nowadays Venezuela, for instance. And with human rights guaranteed and, and social conquest for all of our citizens, not only in law, but in practice, without any kind of ideological or other kind of discrimination. I am not here to denounce violation against myself, although my writing has been censored, they say that forever, and I have been kidnapped and put into prison several times without the Cuban authority bothering to explain me under which charges. I ignore that. I don't have documented to, to prove that I'm telling the truth now. Not even allowing me to make the, the single phone call. I am not here to reveal any injustices committed against my colleagues, like Giovanni Sanchez and others which are behind in the island, since social activists are already doing so by themselves, empowering by themselves in the, streets, in the streets as in the web, despite the technological gap of my country. And they do so signing their texts and pictures and audiovisuals with their real names, challenging the system to demonstrate which side is the truth. But the system seems to have no face. I am here just to remind the free world that behind our voices, there are persons being exposed, citizens that are vulnerable to the impunity of the Cuban state, and persons that could, sooner or later, be forced to stop, to be silenced in their communicational efforts, since the whole machinery of a despotic power is permanently focused upon them, spying them and stigmatizing them even in their private lives. And in many cases, with legal consequences after trials, usually for common crimes that disguise, that disguise the political repression ongoing in Cuba. Thus, ironically, it is true that old boasting of Fidel Castro that said that, re that the regime had no political prisoners at all. Indeed, within the island, we are simply denied such status. Language itself has turned into a totalitarian tool. And this is how fear fosters unsolidarity, apathy, and a very sad urge to escape anywhere, especially among younger generations. That migratory behavior has functioned in Cuba like a valve to release social pressure, especially towards the United States. And thus, it can be understood as a silent but permanent plebiscite taking place in Cuba. It is the safest way to express dissent with the, with the Castro's brothers model, and in consequence, without the change of species, we will be not be able to rebuild democracy out of the ruins of our reality. This year, 2012, uh, 2013, it will be definitive, in my opinion, since the reforms promoted by the actual government in our complex continental context will clearly show they are true they are true uh, ex extent and they are true limits. It is not to discard a scenario where capital will flow easier into Cuba from abroad, while the fundamental rights of our citizenships will keep being ignored. This could be the outcome of the so-called fraud change. A fraud change envisioned by Oswaldo Payas Sardinas, leader of the Christian Movement Liberation, who died last summer together with a young leader, Harold Sepero, after a car crash, which is now being internationally denounced as a presumed state crime by his close relatives and at least one of the two foreign survivors of the tragedy. A fraud change that could involve, in the near future, the ecclesiastic and entrepreneur and military hierarchies both from the islands and from, the, and from a sector of the Cuban exile. The international community seems to forget that what is good for human beings elsewhere is also good for Cubans. Despite the, the rhetoric of a revolution that now results not only retro, but also reactionary. The dream of a revolution, sorry, yes, the dream of a revolution dreamt for too long since 1959 as to insist now in forcing my people not to wake up once and for all. Thank you very much.
Thank you. We now have time for questions and answers. If you have a question, raise your hand, please. Wait for the microphone and then identify yourself and your affiliation. The first question we'll take right up here in the front. Thank you. This is a question for Ioani and Ioani. I will Could you identify yourself, please? Yes. Jorge Bonse, Cuban American from Washington, D.C. I will translate for you because I like to speak the Cubano a Cubano. <laughs> First, I'll, I'll ask you in English. Uh, there have been, in the past, renowned human rights dissidents in Cuba, like Dr. Uh, Bisset, uh, Berta Soler from the Ladies in White, uh, Guillermo Fariña, and Jose Daniel Ferrer who have taken a very strong posture to have a hardline policy to uphold and keep the U.S. embargo. I want to ask you why, to explain yourself, your views on the embargo, considering that you disagree with them. Ahora te lo digo en español. A través de los, de los años ha habido importantes disidentes de derechos humanos en Cuba, como el doctor Oscar Bisset, como uh, Berta Soler de las uh, Damas de Blanco, José Daniel Ferrer y el psicólogo el doctor Guillermo Fariña, que han tomado una postura en apoyar que se mantenga el embargo de los Estados Unidos en contra de Cuba. Quiero pedirte tu opinión, eh, tomando en consideración que he leído que estás en desacuerdo con ellos. Gracias. Sí, buenas gracias. Muchas gracias por la pregunta. Voy a empezar diciendo que todos esos nombres que usted menciona son colegas de lucha con los que tengo magníficas relaciones. ¿no? Thank you very much for your question, and I want to begin by saying all the people you have mentioned are uh, brothers and sisters in the struggle, and I have excellent relationships with them. A diferencia del gobierno cubano que es monolítico y nada más que muestra una posición, la nada más que muestra una posición, la disidencia cubana es muy democrática y tiene diferentes tendencias y puntos de vista en numerosos puntos. Unlike the Cuban government that forces a monolithic uh, vertical structure and only reflects one point of view, one of the excellent and great things about the dissident movements is that it reflects a wide variety, a diversity of different viewpoints. Eso no nos impide darnos cuenta que en el punto principal estamos unidos y ese punto principal es la democracia cubana. This diversity, however, does not stop us from sharing the same goal, which is the democratic transition to a democratic system in Cuba. Pertenezco a una generación que desde muy pequeña y todo el tiempo que he vivido en Cuba ha sido se le ha explicado a esta generación por el discurso oficial, o sea, el discurso oficial ha utilizado el embargo como pretexto para explicar desde la ausencia de comida sobre los platos hasta la falta de libertad en los espacios públicos. I come from a generation of Cubans that have grown up uh, 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 with, a, with an official discourse constantly ringing through my ears that has expertly used the, uh, the, the embargo as its first and foremost excuse blaming everything from the, uh, the absence of food on our plates to the liberty in our streets. Desde pequeña, he visto cómo la propaganda oficial nos presenta al embargo norteamericano como ese lobo feroz de los cuentos infantiles. ¿no? I have seen since I was a child how the official media constantly presents the embargo as the big bad wolf from the fairy tales that I read as a child. Y me gustaría ver cómo va a funcionar la propaganda oficial sin él. Probablemente no funciona la propaganda oficial. And I would love to see how the official propaganda apparatus could still function, or if it could still function, without this big bad wolf. I doubt that it could. Next question. We'll take a, we'll take a question uh, in the back there. The lady in the back. My name is Alicia Diaz. I'm with the Cuban American National Council. I'll ask my question in Spanish. 
and I'll let Mr. Henken do the translation. Eh, un saludo muy cariñoso para el señor Pardo y para Joanny. Eh, Joanny, y la pregunta es para ambos. Eh, dos veces en tu, tu gran alocución mencionaste que no eras ilusa, sabemos que no lo eres, eres brillante y valiente. Eh, y mencionaste también que en Cuba hacía falta mucho más que la tecnología para una democratización. ¿Qué más hace falta? Um, basically, the question is, you mentioned a number of times that much more is needed for a democratic transition in Cuba than simply technology, although technology can help. So I ask you, Joanny, and also Orlando, what else is needed in Cuba for this democratic transition? Si voy a responder brevemente para pasarle la palabra a mi colega I'll be Orlando. Brief. I'll be brief to allow uh, Orlando also a chance to answer. Creo que lo que más hace falta es que los cubanos pierdan el miedo. I think the most important thing for this to happen is that Cubans lose their fear. No funciona si somos un pequeño grupo criticando, si somos un pequeño grupo intentando cambiar las cosas. It won't work if it's just a small group of us making the effort, if it's a small group, only a small group of us trying to make changes. La gran, perdón, la gran mayoría de los cubanos tiene que darse cuenta que el país les pertenece e intentar cambiarlo. The great majority of Cubans need to realize that the country belongs to them and changing it is their struggle. Mientras el oportunismo, las máscaras y los silencios sean la actitud que asume la gran mayoría de mis compatriotas ante la, la situación de la cotidianidad y de la realidad cubana, mientras eso siga así, nada va a cambiar. As long as opportunism, wearing of masks, uh, uh, double speak, and silence are the ways that Cubans survive a repressive regime, then we can't expect a great change in the country. No, it's, it's difficult to have a, an answer, but uh, somehow uh, the regime has always uh, used very well, and manipulated very well, uh, and somehow showing desprecio. Uh, towards its own pop, uh, population. And somehow now we have, a in my in, in opinion, we have a situation inside the island of a, of a critical mass of a population that is not interested in politics and will not be interested in society or in politics, uh, whatever may come. And so we have that paradox, a very interested Cuban population in the exiles, worrying, caring, and somehow trying to, to make interesting questions for the futures. But uh, I feel inside that, the, that this emerging civic society which we have been talking about is somehow so asphyxiated by a great sense of apathy, no, a feeling of not belonging, and of course, once again, uh, the catapult of going outside, not as a, just as a, as a, f uh, as como un fin en sí mismo, not, no como un medio de nada, sino como un fin en sí mismo de escapar de, de la, del ambiente claustrofóbico del país. Así que tal vez puede ser Una pregunta de, de triste respuesta que, que no, un escenario de, de optimismo pudiera llevarnos a, a esperar soluciones que después pudieran ser muy frustrantes. O sea, es un escenario muy complejo que necesita personas inteligentes como, 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 como uno las encuentra a veces eh, leyendo los libros que llegan a la isla y adentro busca y busca y busca y, y si el sector es muy pequeño haciendo un gran esfuerzo contra una masa, en mi opinión, eh, cada vez más descolada. Orlando, sí. quiero, quiero, ¿quieres que yo traduzca? Si puedo recordar. Um, the idea of, of immigration not as an end in itself, but as a, as, a, as a way of escaping the country and escaping the situation, the way that Cubans, uh, and it's a sad commentary, but it's a realistic one, the way that many Cubans solve the problem of repression, of change, is, per, is through a personal means by leaving the country. And this uh, may not be a very uh, optimistic view, but this is one of the conclusions I can draw question right there, in the middle of the... Sí, tú. No, y tú sabes Correcto. que a él le gusta jugar con sí, posicionamiento. Te la felicito por la claridad. Por favor, identifique usted y hable directamente al micrófono. Oscar Echevarría. Ian, Oscar Echevarría. I made it. Uh, la felicito por la claridad de sus respuestas y la, lo que está haciendo en, en Cuba. Eh, una pregunta. ¿Sería útil para los cubanos recibir 
en la televisión o pueden recibirlo canales, no, no, no canales dedicados a Cuba como el, el de la el, eh, TV Martí, sino a información general de otros canales. ¿Sería útil? ¿Sería útil para cubanos en la isla recibir televisión coverage, uh, channels? No estoy hablando en este caso sobre algo como televisión TV Martí, but other kind of, uh, of, of uh, sources, other kind of channels, would that be helpful? Considero de vital importancia que los cubanos puedan asomarse a todas esas informaciones nacionales e internacionales que nos están vedadas. Por tanto, el acceso a todo tipo de canales puede ser muy favorable, ¿no? Of course, I believe that all of, uh, exposure to all of these sources of information, both national and international, is vital for the future of the country, and these are things that I, I really think that are essential for people to be informed and to act on that information. Sin embargo, tengo que decir también que no nos hemos quedado cruzados de brazos ante el monopolio del Partido Comunista sobre los medios masivos de información. But I have to also remind everyone that we haven't just sit back and been content with our arms crossed uh, uh, in the face of the fact that the Cuban government ha exercises uh, a private monopoly over the means of communication. Los cubanos somos especialistas en encontrar todo aquello que está censurado, prohibido o racionado. We Cubans have become professional specialists in the art of finding and, and, and making a way where there is no way, where everything is, is, is denied us or censored. We have, an, we have a talent at digging, it, that, digging that out. Como mismo las madres cubanas nos sumergimos en el mercado ilegal para encontrar leche que poner en la mesa de nuestros hijos. Just as we Cuban mothers have figured out ways to enter into the black market to find milk to put and serve to our children. Asimismo, los cubanos en general, los cubanos que no nos conformamos con la información que nos da los medios nacionales, nos sumergimos en las redes alternativas de información para encontrarla. In the same way, we Cubans who are not satisfied with the version of truth with the media that the government uh, spews to us uh, through the television and, and newspapers, We also enter into the other black market, the black market of information, the alternate uh, uh, networks to find uh, information and to communicate. No pueden imaginar a la velocidad que está circulando la información en Cuba. You can't even imagine the speed with which information is circulating on the island of Cuba. Los materiales audiovisuales, los documentales, las noticias, las páginas web copiadas circulan de mano en mano a través de copias que se hacen en discos externos, en memoria flash, en CD, en DVD. There's a whole alternate web of circulation where things taken off the internet, downloaded on the internet, uh, 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 saved onto a hard drive or onto a thumb drive is passed from hand to hand, from citizen to citizen in a manual way It kind of takes on a viral element, and this allows people to be informed even though they don't have access to the internet. Para poner un ejemplo, justamente antes de venir para acá, uno de los grandes eh, hicks del mercado informal de, informaci de información, o sea, de esas redes alternativas por donde circula la noticia, uno de los grandes hicks era una serie de 20 capítulos hecha por la cadena History sobre la Guerra Fría. In fact, uh, it's a, a good illustration of this alternate means of communication and information is just before I came here, in the black market, one of the most popular things that people were demanding and that was there uh, 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 circulating on the island was actually, it was a big hit actually, uh, it was a series, a 20 volume series or 20 episode series from the History Channel uh, helping Cubans understand the history of the Cold War. Un acercamiento muy crítico por ejemplo, a, a los gobiernos de la Unión Soviética que jamás veríamos en, nuestra, en nuestros televisores nacionales. Of course, this kind of critical view of the history of a country so, with so much influence over the past, over the revolution in Cuba, such as the Soviet Union, would never be shown on Cubic public television. Yo tardé 10 años de mi vida en ver las primeras imágenes de la caída del muro de Berlín. It took me a full 10 years to see images, real images, from the fall of the Berlin Wall. Pero mi hijo ha podido ver las imágenes de la plaza de Tarir en Egipto al momento prácticamente gracias a esas redes alternativas. But my son, on the other hand, was able to witness the images from Tahrir Square in Egypt almost exactly as they were happening.
Diana Molinó, Radio Martí. Eh, yo quisiera... ¿Me oyen? Yo quisiera una pregunta de tipo personal para los dos. Y es este viaje... ¿Cómo... ¿Qué impresión les ha hecho y cómo vuelven ustedes a Cuba? ¿Qué esperan encontrar en su experiencia personal a su regreso a Cuba? Y luego, concretamente, la cuestión del embargo, para seguir con la misma pregunta. Este cambio frustrado al que se refirió Orlando al principio, si no hay el riesgo de que un levantamiento del embargo pueda ayudar al gobierno a dar este cambio frustrado. La pregunta tiene dos partes. La primera parte is a personal one for each of the speakers to comment on how this trip has changed them and what is, what is, it, what is it they think awaits them on their return to Cuba. The second part of the question has to do with the embargo. And essentially, she wants to know, uh, especially based on Orlando's somewhat um, kind of pessimistic uh, evaluation of the situation, wouldn't it Possi be possible that uh, lifting the embargo could actually strengthen the hand of the government and repressing the people. Sí, en torno a la primera pregunta, eh, este es el tipo de viaje que le cambia la vida a cualquiera, ¿no? In response to your first question, this is the kind of uh, a trip that would change uh, the life of anyone who uh, ventures on it. Es un viaje que me está produciendo grandes experiencias en el plano personal, periodístico y cívico. This is a trip that is giving me amazing experiences every day, both uh, in terms of my personal life as a journalist and as, a, as, as someone who fights for civic reform and freedom. There's no way that I can go back to Cuba as an unchanged, as the same person I was before. Creo que este viaje también hará que la presión, la tensión y también pues la vigilancia alrededor de mi persona aumente. It's also, I fully expect that such a trip as this uh, will increase the amount of pressure, tension, and uh, 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 violence and vigilance uh, uh, on, my, uh, on me. Sin lugar a dudas, también este viaje me protegerá. La visibilidad que he logrado al acceder a micrófonos como este, pues actuará como un escudo protector, ¿no? But at the same time, a trip such as this, appearing in public, speaking my mind, sitting in front of a microphone such as this one, will, when I return to Cuba, also act as a protective shield uh, from harassment, arrest by the government. Así que mientras en los meses, las semanas o los días que dura ese efecto protector, voy a atreverme todo lo que pueda hacer mis proyectos de futuro. So as long as uh, this protective shield lasts, whether it's a few days, months, or years, I'm going to take advantage as much as I can of this opportunity to speak my mind as I feel to a public that will accept it. En relación con el tema del embargo, sí. Uno de los peligros es al levantarlo que el gobierno tome oxígeno, como dicen muchas de las personas que defienden la permanencia de las sanciones económicas. Yes, uh, in response to your second question, it is a very uh, legitimate worry or fear that lifting the embargo could strengthen the hand of the government and increase the level of repression. Pero es que ya conozco un escenario donde con sanciones el gobierno sigue reprimiendo. But I already uh, live and have experienced uh, uh, a situation in Cuba where under sanctions the government has no problem in repressing the people. No creo que los aparatos represivos cubanos dejen de comprar gas lacrimógeno, tonfas para golpear, micrófonos para escuchar a sus críticos, ni eh, tampoco, por ejemplo, esposas para detener a los opositores. O sea, I don't think uh, with the lift in the, uh, well, I don't think that the government is going to simply stop uh, buying or obtaining uh, uh, tear gas or uh, uh, billy clubs or um, handcuffs, which, which, which they use to repress the population. Con estas actuales restricciones, o sea, con estas restricciones eh, no, no dejan de, de cargar la factura en, en, en... Under the current situation, under the current embargo, under the restrictions currently, they're able to buy all those things. So I don't think that it's, 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 it's uh, to be expected that these things would increase because they already have access to these repressive forces. Briefly, uh, every measure that has been taken by the Cuban government is for they to win. They are not, of course, infallible, but somehow uh, there should be a rationale behind these open migratory reforms or economical uh, re reforms in which they have to win. Otherwise, 
they would have done these reforms in 20 years ago. So for some specific pressure that I ignore, they have done so. Are they willing to pay uh, a political price? I don't know. I am really worried. One, because uh, the Cuban civic society, of course, is uh, exercising its right to travel, to put their voices as uh, in every pl place of the world. But at the same time, uh, right now we are we are not there. Right? One week or, or one month, we are not there. It could be two years because suddenly you realize that you are a free citizen of the or that you could behave like a free citizen not only in Cuba but in every part of the world, and that it's important for you for person to talk and you uh, learn from them. And suddenly the part of the my uh, civic society is vanishing from the island and the coordination, all this networking that we're doing could be diminishing and it could be advantageous for the government. Second of all, um, call me paranoid, uh, we're vulnerable in the exile, in, in outside Cuba. Uh, we're so much vulnerable, vulnerable inside Cuba and we're vulnerable outside Cuba. And I don't know, in my opinion, they have been exercising like a one-to-one -one selective depleting important dissidents in Cuba and time will tell if some of us are not going to uh, turn back to Cuba because, you know, there are traffic accidents everywhere, no? I don't think that was a joke. I would like to take two, two quick, quick questions in the front here uh, at the same time. And starting there and there, please. Hola, I'm going to ask my question in Spanish. Uh, soy Silvia Ayuso, de la Agencia Alemana de Prensa. Hola, Joani. Eh, has hablado recientemente, hace un momento, de que cuando vuelvas vas a asumir nuevos retos. Habías hablado en, hace, en los pasados días de la posibilidad de crear un nuevo medio. Me gustaría que nos dieras algún detalle sobre ello. Y también hablar de cómo te ves, has pasado de ser una figura, una ciudadana enfadada que encontró una grieta para, para expresar una frustración a ser una figura internacional, una voz eh, entre no muchas de Cuba. ¿Cómo, cómo ves tu futuro en, en, este, en este escenario? ¿Y cómo hacer para que los cubanos también se, se emocionen más con estos mensajes? Has to do with Joani has been talking about, or the previous question was about her return to Cuba and what might await her there. But she has always also mentioned since leaving Cuba, and actually I think just before leaving Cuba, that she intends to return to Cuba to start an independent newspaper in Cuba, uh, first digital and possibly in the future um, printed. Um, and so she wants to know more about that project. Uh, la segunda pregunta. Era sobre so uh, we've been following your evolution over the past few years from starting out as just a, a single citizen maybe with a personal struggle to get things off your chest and now you have become a kind of a, a leader a, a figure in the opposition movement so my question is what awaits what is the future hold what are the projects in the future and I'm going to ask uh, for people to just ask one question, please, because there's a lot of people with questions. <laughs> one so question one with quick two question. parts? Yeah. No, one question with one part. Okay. Uh, Sonia Schott, Globovision, Venezuela. Voy a hacer mi pregunta en español también. Uh, me gustaría saber cuál es la percepción que ustedes tienen en Cuba de lo que está pasando en Venezuela, porque tú hablaste de que ustedes recién están abriéndose a la libertad de los medios. Nosotros venimos de esa libertad de medios y sin embargo parece que vamos a recorrer el camino que ustedes están tratando de dejar. Me gustaría saber cuál es tu percepción. Gracias. The, the question is about uh, uh, Venezuela. Basically, how do Cubans and how do you Cubans and Cuba perceive the changes happening in Venezuela? You talked about how in Cuba there's an ex you're experiencing uh, some movement towards a more open uh, communication system due to the activism. And actually, in Venezuela, we're going in just the opposite direction. Bueno, primero, eh, saludar a mi colega Silvia, quien fuera una magnífica corresponsal de la DPA en La Habana hace unos años. ¿no? First, I'd like to uh, say hello to my, uh, my colleague, Silvia, who was an ex excellent and exemplary uh, foreign correspondent while she was in Havana. ¿Por, por qué, qué grupo? DPA. DPI. DPA. Bien. En torno a mis proyectos futuros, Eh, tengo la convicción personal de que quiero dedicarme el resto de mi vida a la información. I am sure, in terms of my uh, future projects, 
I have the conviction that I'm going to devote the rest of my life to spreading information. Quiero ser una periodista incómoda en el presente de mi país y también en el futuro. I want to be an uncomfortable or someone who makes others uncomfortable as a journalist, uh, someone who uh, provokes, who gets into problems presently in the current Cuba, but also in a future Cuba. Y creo que será muy importante para la transición cubana que esta esté acompañada de una prensa responsable, de una prensa objetiva, de una prensa que no solamente analice el presente, sino que trate de rellenar todas esas lagunas, todos esos silencios del pasado. And I think that during such a transition, I think that it's essential to have a responsible, objective journalism that can chronicle what's happening, but also analyze it in terms of understanding what needs to be done and holding people accountable as we move into this other future. De manera que eh, eh, ya es tarde, o sea, ya hay que empezar, si no mañana será muy tarde, a fundar un medio de prensa en Cuba, un medio de prensa eh, que pues trate de analizar la realidad, no solamente la realidad política, la realidad económica, empresarial, cultural. So for this reason, I think it's essential that not tomorrow, but starting right now, it's essential that this such a, a, a means of communication, a, 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 a journalism, uh, a, freedom, a free press functions in Cuba so that it cannot just analyze or chronicle or report on economic, but also social, social cultural, educational, and all kind of matters that are important. De manera que entre mis planes al regreso a Cuba es ayudar a fundar ese medio de prensa que en un principio tendrá que ser digital porque legalmente es imposible, legal y materialmente es imposible imprimirlo y distribuirlo, pero que ganará una audiencia en estos años hasta el día después en que pueda estar en los estanquillos y en los kioscos de cualquier esquina. ¿no? So for this reason, one of my principal plans on, on my return to Cuba is exactly that, to, to, to found an independent newspaper. Of course, in the beginning, it's going to have to be digitally based because by law in Cuba, it is currently illegal for, um, for anyone to, to have an independent printed press. It's considered enemy propaganda. But uh, it's important to start now so that when the day after comes, we are already prepared, we are already organized, we already have our institution solid so that we can then begin the next day. En torno a la visibilidad y la fama, ha sido un efecto colateral de mi trabajo. My fame, my story, um, this is really a collateral, a side effect of the struggle that we are all engaging in. Nunca he buscado ser famosa, incluso me parece que fue hasta una broma de la vida. ¿no? I never was looking for fame and it really seems to me kind of uh, a joke uh, of fate, a, a joke of fate, a joke of life. Mis amigos y las personas cercanas que me conocen bien saben que esa visibilidad son los clavos de mi cruz. The people who know me very well actually realize that this kind of visibility, this kind of fame is the cross that I have to bear in this struggle. Así que voy a aprovechar ese efecto colateral, ese objetivo no buscado, que es la visibilidad, para ayudar a fundar un medio de prensa. So I'm going to take advantage of this side effect, of this fame that I wasn't really searching for. I'm going to use that as a protective shield to found a, a free press in Cuba. En torno a Venezuela, eh, los cubanos tienen un sentimientos contradictorios, no con Venezuela. Con Venezuela nos unen lazos históricos, culturales, eh, más allá de los gobiernos. Pero los cubanos tienen una, sentimientos encontrados eh, de aproximación, rechazo, con el tema del de gobierno venezolano y los políticos venezolanos. The Cuban people and the Venezuelan people don't have any problem with one another. We have long historic connections that unite us in many ways. But there are kind of contradictory readings in Cuba of what's been happening in Venezuela. Uh, some people, it has increased their hopes, but other people are extremely worried. Para nadie es un secreto que desde el Palacio de Miraflores se ha subvencionado Cuba por más de una década. No one is ignorant of the fact that the palace at Mir and Miraflores has been a major uh, economic uh, subsidy, has provided a major economic subsidy to the Cuban government for the Mucho, last 10 years. Muchos cubanos sentimos que sin ese subsidio, sin ese apoyo petrolero y financiero y hasta político, el régimen de La Habana hubiera sencillamente desaparecido hace ya largos años. Many people have concluded that this uh, subsidy from the, from the Venezuelan government has really been a lifeline and that the Cuban uh, regime as we know it, the revolution as we know it, would have long ago uh, collapsed. 
Por eso la desaparición física de Hugo Chávez ha dejado en las personas la sensación de que, uno, el subsidio se puede cortar en cualquier momento y regresaríamos a los peores años de la crisis, cortes eléctricos, ausencia de alimentos, colapso del transporte. So many Cubans are justifiably worried at the prospect of the disappearance of Chavez because that could mean the disappearance of all of this aid and the return to the worst years of the special period with long uh, blackouts, with food scarcities, a collapse in the transportation system. Pero por otro lado, muchos sentimos también que sin esa ayuda, sin ese apoyo material, el gobierno de Raúl Castro estaría obligado a profundizar y acelerar las reformas. But at the same time, many people on the other side think that, well, the disappearance of, 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 of uh, Hugo Chávez in Venezuela could have a, a positive result, forcing the government of Cuba against the wall and forcing it to deepen and broaden and become more serious about its economic reforms. Por eso miramos mucha, con mucha atención hacia Venezuela, porque lo que ocurra en ese país en los próximos meses será también definitorio para nosotros. ¿no? So this is why we Cubans are paying very, very close attention to what happens in Venezuela, because in the next two to three months, uh, the, the changes or the, the, the road that Venezuela takes will have very serious repercussions in Cuba. Only that somehow I, I apologize because what the Cuban intelligence has done to the Venezuelan democratic uh, with its advantages or disadvantages, uh, whatever, is uh, something for me very shameful. In my opinion, the whole democratic game, a role uh, or play or roles within Venezuela has been completely put up, upside down in great in due to the Cuban intelligence penetration in that country. Uh, they work. In a, in a fashion which make this debate and this polemic obsolete. They observe and then act. So we are talking about here about big comes a democracy, dictatorship, but they are just doing how to find their target and how they are act. And that's at some point that damage, anthropological damage, is not reversible. Well, I'm afraid you only scheduled extremely tight here, so we have time for at least one more question. Let's make it uh, brief and direct, please. And the next question will come from right there. Wait for the microphone, please. My name is uh, Gabriel Ruiz, un cubano-americano. I would like to ask uh, how easy or how difficult it was for you to get your exit permits. Uh, la pregunta es, eh, ¿qué tan fácil o difícil hmm. ha sido conseguir los permisos de salida? Ah, un calvario. It's my own personal uh, Calvary, my own sí. Stations of the Cross. En mi caso personal, durante cinco años, estuve insistiendo en 20 ocasiones para poder viajar al extranjero. Siempre recibí una negativa como respuesta. In my personal case, for the past five years, I have applied 20 times to the Cuban government, uh, and 20 times I have been refused the permission to travel outside the country. Agoté todos los caminos legales dentro de mi propio país reclamando que se me dejara viajar al extranjero. I exhausted all of the legal mechanisms to appeal these denials and they still denied me and didn't give me a reason for not allowing me to travel. Incluso se sucedieron presiones diplomáticas de otros gobiernos hacia el gobierno de Cuba para que me dejara salir, presiones de organismos internacionales. There were even a number of diplomatic efforts on the part of foreign governments to pressure the Cuban government to allow me to travel, and even international organizations uh, have taken up, the, took up the cause or took up my case to pressure the Cuban government to uh, allow me to travel. Pero solo a partir del 14 de enero, cuando se aprobó una nueva reforma migratoria, reforma migratoria que vale la pena aclarar, no es la reforma deseada ni soñada, ¿no? But only since January 14th of this year have, uh, have, has it been possible for me to obtain a passport and use it to travel abroad. But I should remind everyone that these, uh, this new my, uh, reform law, migration reform law, is a law that is not the one that we were dreaming of or that is necessary in Cuba. Una reforma que todavía no incluye la posibilidad de salir y entrar al país como un derecho inherente a todo cubano por el mero hecho de haber nacido en la isla, ¿no? This new law does not grant, as it should, uh, the, uh, as a fundamental right inalienable right to Cubans who were born in the island to leave the country and enter the country at will. Una reforma incluso que después de aplicada 
no ha permitido salir del país a activistas como, por ejemplo, los que los activistas excarcelados de la Primavera Negra del 2003, ¿no? Another example of the very limited nature of this new law is that despite the fact that people like me are out of the country traveling, many of my colleagues in the country, especially people who were, who were convicted in the show trials of 2003, the 75, those people who are on parole have not been allowed to travel outside the country. Creo que en mi caso personal, quizás el gobierno calculó que había al menos una mínima posibilidad que en este viaje yo no regresara, ¿no? I think in my particular case, the government was taking a calculated risk, hoping, even though it's very, for them maybe it was a very low chance that I would possibly travel outside the country and never come back. O quizás me dejó salir para esperarme con actos de repudio, insultos y gritos en todos los lugares que visite, ¿no? Or perhaps they let me out of the country so they could prepare uh, acts of repudiation, mob attacks on me in each country that I would travel to. Pero si esa es la apuesta, si ese es el cálculo político que han hecho, les digo de antemano, les digo de antemano a ese gobierno, les va a salir mal. If that is their bet, if that is the political calculation that they're going to make, I'm going to declare to the Cuban government that they made a very bad bet. Ni me voy a quedar en otro país, ni me voy a dejar atemorizar por los actos de odio. I'm not going to stay in another country, and I'm not going to be afraid by these uh, cowardly acts of, of repudiation against me. With that, I'm afraid we've run out of time. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And please thank, again, our special guests for their time.